This is Abnormal Entertainment. Two, three, four. Walked into the tunnel just to find the light. Hunted for old demons looking for a fight. Looked up at the stars, seemed to go forever. There must be a way it all fits together. Fell into the quicksand, held on to the vines. Never cook white color, stay within the lines. Feel like I have wings, I can fly wherever. This is just the way it all fits together. Finally saw the world through rose-colored glasses. Gonna share my journey to small and large masses. Give up on my life, no sir, me never. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. Hey everybody, hi, this is Daniel G. Garza, and this is Put It Together Podcast Live Conversations. We are, today I am excited because it's the first of the series, we're in a new season, and my first guest today was, I'm so excited, um, Susan and I met, uh, for those of you that have been watching me and paying attention to some of the things that I'm doing, I'm part of a mastermind group, and this is where Susan Shepard and I met. Um, I'm going to read over her bio real quick, and we're going to go into some specifics about the show, but I want you guys to know who uh, who she is. And um, Susan Shepard is the founder of Getting What You Want Incorporated, a live and love coaching organization focused on teaching women to own their feminine power. Pardon me, guys, I'm getting older. Own their feminine power uh, and men to share as women. She is on a mission to get people loved the way they want to be loved. She has a very successful track record on helping people hear their wounded heart, reframe their perception of the opposite sex, and meet their perfect partner so they can find true intimacy, love, and long-term commitment. She will guide you to become who you need to be to attract who you really want. Ooh, I love that part. She's an award-winning, best-selling Amazon author of the books, How to Get What You Want from Your Man Anytime, and Dating Over 40, No More Excuses, which is what we're going to talk about today. Susan's 40 years as a registered nurse in emergency services honed her crisis into racial skills as a coach. She's a self-proclaimed self-awareness addict since 1978. Her eclectic background includes working directly for Michael Gerber, the renowned business e-myth guru for three years, being certified in NLP by Tony Robbins himself in 1990. In her very life journey, she has been a headhunter in the oil industry, a general contractor building custom homes, a movie producer, a business coach, an author, a book publisher, and now a life coach specializing in love relationships. And uh, we'll give you all the links where you can find her at the end. Susan, welcome to the show. And what have you not done? I feel like that list would be a lot easier. <laughs> I sound like I have ADD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just old, that's all. <laughs> It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Oh, I love being on shows, you know. We're going to, while we get this, let me make sure that people are watching us. I'm going to share this on all the other pages so folks can connect with us. While I do that, um, tell us a little bit about about your resume, about your career. I mean, this bio is pretty incredible. How did I start doing this? Yeah, so how did it come to being here? Okay, it's a little bit of a story, so take your time. Uh, I um, I was married for 23 years to the love of my life. He had um, PTSD from Vietnam. He was in the Special Forces and was a sole survivor and had tremendous survivor guilt. And so eventually, because I didn't know how to fix this, I divorced him. I didn't stop loving him. I just divorced him because I was going crazy. 
and then I took a whole bunch of courses on relationships for myself. I wanted to know how to do it better. I had no intention of sharing it with anybody or telling anybody else about it. I just did it for me. And I started dating a young man. He was 18 years younger than me. He was also Persian and Jewish and the firstborn son of seven. And his mother and I were the same age. So we didn't date very long because his mother and I were the same age. (laughs) And um, he went back to his old girlfriend. And the girlfriend and I didn't really get along. He and I stayed friends, but uh, she kind of didn't like me. And for about two years, they had a very dramatic relationship. Breaking up, back together, you know, on and off, lots of drama. And two years later, I ran into her, and she said to me, Oh, I'm so happy to see you. And I'm like, why? You don't even like me. And she said, you're right. I don't like you, but you have something I want. And I said, what do I have that you want? Because, I mean, I was 20 years older than her. And she said, you have a kind of relationship I want to have. She says, I'm done with him. You can have him. And I said, well, that was never an issue that, you know, was out of the question anyway. But what do you want? And she said, well, I've been watching while I was his girlfriend. You were his friend. And he was always different with you. It always felt to me like I had his body, but you had his soul. And I want to know how to do that. I want you to teach me. And I said, no. I said, no way. I don't trust you. And But she kept asking. And so she asked me for about three months. And I finally said, all right, we'll do this on a trial basis. And I was a business coach at the time. I was working for Michael Gerber, or I had just finished working for Michael Gerber and was being a business coach. And um, so I started working with her. And she ended up being my first relationship client because it was more fun talking about love and sex than it was talking about management and marketing. That that can make sense. That makes sense. Um, let me, I want to go back a little bit for, so just, just so people um, can get a, a grasp of who you are. And for those of you just joining us, thank you for joining us. This is Put It Together Podcast Conversations. This is the first in the new series. This is a new season. And my first guest today is Susan Shepard. Um, out of everything that you've done in your career, and, and we'll, we'll go over the, the lineup again in a minute, um, over everything you've done in your career, um, what was the most impactful? What has made the most impact to where you are right now? Probably saving lives. I mean, I saved lives physically for 40 years, and now I save lives emotionally. And... Oh, and by the way, I want to remember, remind everybody watching, if you have questions about relationships, uh, we'll answer those live right now. This is live if you're watching. You you might be thinking, is this recorded? No, we're on live. So if you have any comments or questions, we're keeping an eye on the comment section. So make sure you ask or comment on anything. Um, what's more tragic, the emergency room or love emergencies? It depends, you know. The emergency room can be really tragic when people get shot and drown and die and have terrible accidents and and violent crimes. That's really traumatic. But I think people can be traumatized by love emotionally. I think it's sometimes I think it's worse. Yeah. Um. So going back a little bit for everybody watching, I, there's a couple of things that like really catch my attention when I look over your bio. Uh, some of the people that you have worked for, um, these are big names in, in, in the coaching world and in the spirit personality building world. Um, was there something that you learned about you while working for them? Always. Always. I always learn about me when I'm working for things. The the truth is all of the things that I did, they had different different learning curves. You know, the first thing, I sold waterbed sheets, and I learned how to sell and do marketing, selling waterbed sheets. Wow. That that isn't even on the bio. No, yeah. (laughs) That was a company called Pacific Bedding I was a partner in, and we were uh, manufacturer's reps for a a sheet manufacturer. And we sold water 
bed sheets in the 80s. And uh, we sold more than he could produce. And what I learned from that was about marketing. And then the next thing I did was executive search. And I learned a lot about human resources doing executive search in the oil industry. And I learned about geologists and geophysicists. I learned what they did. I had no idea what they did before I started doing that. And then when I was doing construction, I learned how to bid and how to, how to estimate and do cost accounting and do that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, and, really be involved in the construction industry. Um, and then um, working for Michael Gerber, my whole goal in working for Michael Gerber was to learn how to run a small business and to make enough money so I could buy my own. So I didn't make enough money to buy my own, but I did learn what it took to put a small business together and have it survive. Because his whole teaching method is all about um, you have to create a business that can run without you having to do everything yourself. I think that's a really key bit of information for people, especially because uh, we're for everybody watching. And if you're watching this on, on a rerun, we are recording this on August 22nd, 2020, and we're still in the middle of, of a lockdown. And I think it's really that little bit that you just said, it's important because a lot of people are trying to start their own businesses. A lot of people are trying to start something new or grow their business. And you've got to know a little bit about, about everything. Cause I, I somehow feel like even as, as different as construction can be from building somebody's confidence to be in a relationship, you're still putting somebody that you're, you're reconstructing somebody. Cause that makes sense. Is there, is there a parallel there somewhere? There's a parallel. Definitely. It's about having a system. Honestly, Michael Gerber was all about systems. And that is something that I learned really, really clearly working for him is, is that you need to have an organization chart, even if you're the only person in the business. Think about that. That's a profound statement. An organization chart that has a marketing department, a finance department, an operations department. And you have to have all of those things. And because if you're a one-person business, like most people starting a business are, you're wearing all the hats. There, there was a course that, that I participated in, and, and I gave everybody hats and stickers to put on their hats, and they had CEO and vice president of marketing and vice president of finance and vice president of operations, and then they, we had maintenance and and cleaning, and we, we, had, we literally had st- stickers all over the hat because I said, you have to do all these things yourself until you can get yourself to a place where you define what needs to be done and then you can delegate it to somebody or you can hire somebody to do it for you. That's really interesting because we we do like small businesses or one man shop, I guess. Uh, you, you have to learn how to manage everything. And having, for instance, one of the similarities between you and I is we have both done many different jobs that you have to pick a little bit from everything. Uh, You get to, let me rephrase that. You get to pick a little bit from every job you've done to create the perfect business that you want. And that's one of the great, because I think I've encountered a lot of people that limit themselves to only work in the field that they are studying for or want to pursue. And I feel like sometimes they miss out on other aspects for their Well, I'll tell you this, when you have your own business, and I've had, it's going on 12 of them now, at least been partners in 12 of them now, Um, you end up doing a whole lot of things that you don't know how to do. So let me, let's start translating, because the the show today was advertised as dating over 40, so we're, you out there, if you are, (laughs) and you don't have to necessarily be over 40, you could... You could be over there. No, that was an arbitrary number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just, we're just throwing that out there because we, we figured 40 was a good, uh, we're both over 40. We're not going to say how much over 40, but we're both over 40. Um, so you can be over any age and you could still need some reconstructing in your love life. You still need some reconstructing to put yourself out there. Um, so if you are there listening and you're like, Hey, I'm single. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, is is can we say that? Can we say people are doing 
things wrong or are they just not doing it? I don't know that they're doing things wrong. They're doing things that don't work. There you go. Okay. It's not necessarily wrong. It just, if they're not getting what they want, they're not doing what works. And I'm going to, throughout the conversation, for everybody watching, we're going to, I'm going to be playing devil's advocate at certain points. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sure you guys know I am in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for eight years now. But I think that even in a relationship, I, we could use a little maintenance work. You know, sometimes yeah, we have to change the oil in the cars. We, we do have to adjust our relationships because if some things are not working, we can adjust it and make the relationship better. That works. So. It's a work uh, in progress. Yeah. Because. Things change, people evolve, career people grow, people get different interests, people move on, people learn new things, and not everyone wants to do all the same things. So I want to go back to that um, that first person that you helped out. Mm-hmm. When they come to you and say, "Hey, like, there's in in this relationship, I, I'm not connecting the way that I want to." Um, I want to. I want that person to change. I want to change that person. I want them to be different so they can love me the way that I need to be loved. Is that possible? Is that really the way it happens? No, not at all. <laughs> what has to happen is you. <laughs> There's a thing that I've learned to say, and and when we when you and I first talked. That statement that I said where I teach people to be who they need to be so that they can attract who they really want. And you said, that's what I do. <laughs> and we that's how we connected. That's how we started to talk about this. Because, because what people come to me because they want a relationship. They'll come to me and say, okay, I want you to help me find a husband or I want you to help me find a wife. I want you to help me find a relationship. I don't want to be alone anymore. And they don't have to get married, but, you know, because I've had clients ranging in age from 20 to 80. So I have 75-year-olds who come and tell me I want a relationship. And I'm like, okay, you know, we can go for that. We can do that. But it means that you have to do some work. And the process is, is really, it's a transformation for them. Because people will come to me and they'll say, well, I want a relationship with Kevin Costner. I'm like, um, that's not going to happen. You know, he's already married for one thing. And secondly, you, he doesn't even know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And the point is, it's funny because in a way, uh, you know, people have these fantasies about who they want to have a relationship with. And the reality is they aren't ready. They're ready for that level of a relationship. They're not ready because they haven't done the work on themselves to be, you know, who they need to be to attract somebody like that. And whether, you know, that was just a name I picked out of a hat, you know. Right. But, but you get the idea, you know, it could be, I want to, I want to marry a millionaire. Well, okay. Where do you live? Well, I live in a trailer park, you know, and I drive up, I drive a 30 year old Volvo. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to marry a millionaire. So those are very, of course, we're already watching. Those are very specific points that we're putting out. But um, we, we, we talk about manifesting. We're going we're to bring a little bit of my spirituality work right. into this. But we talk about manifesting. Like we say, well, manifest what you want. But is there a realistic expectation of how, what we should manifest when it comes to relationships? So here's here's my belief, okay? My belief is that that... First of all, you have to know what you want. So you need to have some clarity about who you are and what your values are and what you want in your life and what kind of lifestyle you want and what kind of relationship you want before you can go out and find somebody. You can't just arbitrarily pick somebody and say, well, this person is going to become who I want them to be. No, they're not. They're not going to change. So ultimately, the very first thing that you have to do is figure out who you are. So what are some, if we could just like pop up two, three questions, what are these questions that I should ask myself first to figure out what your relationship Figure out what your highest values are. What are the things that are most important to you in the way of values? 
Is it independence? Is it security? Is it having a family? Is it, you know, your dogs? I mean, what are the things that are most important to you in your life? And figure that out first. So you need to figure out your values. You need to know what, where do you want to live? You know, what kind of lifestyle do you want? I, I, I mean, I tell people, you need to know these things. You need to know that you have chemistry and compatibility and love with respect. If you have those three things, they're essential things in a relationship, you have a foundation if you have those three things. If you don't have them, if one of them is missing, the relationship is doomed. So, and compatibility can be anything. I mean, I had a client once who who met, who was a, an attorney in LA, and she met a farmer in Indiana on a cruise, and they had this wonderful romance on the cruise, but he wasn't, had no intention of ever leaving his farm in Indiana, and she had no intention of leaving L.A. So that was the end of it. You know, that's a that's a deal breaker. That's an incompatibility that would eventually destroy that relationship. So, I mean, you need to have those essential ingredients, and chemistry is the easy part. You know, I... I personally have this belief that most people get married for chemistry and don't bother to look any further. And so that's why our divorce rate is so crazy because everyone forgets to look for the compatibility and the love and respect. Can a relationship that starts on physical attraction only succeed? Sure. If you have the rest of the stuff. I mean, you You have to look at you. You have to look look further. If I look at you, I go, oh, my God, Susan is exactly physically what I've been looking for. But then everything else is not like a Lego. Incompatibilities can be things like age. I want to have children and I don't. can be geography. It can be politics. It can be religion. It can be the way you spend money. It could be your, your cleanliness, you know, how you keep house. It can be the food you eat. I mean, those can be incompatibilities. All of those things can be. In, it can be family members. What if yeah. you've got family members that hate your new partner and they sabotage it? I've seen that happen, you know, especially adult yeah. children. I'm sorry. Adult children are sometimes really difficult. And, I mean, culture, religion. Everything. Uh, Everything, you right? think about I mean, it. It can be everything. Sometimes we, sometimes we do go into religion going, I mean, into relation going, I don't care that I'm Catholic and you're We can Muslim. fix it. We can We're fix gonna it. We're going to make it work. But sometimes it... Well, I, the reality is, is, is it can work in many cases. But if you go into it saying somebody's, you know, a, a staunch Catholic and believes in not using birth control and the other person says, well, I don't want any children and wants to use birth control and they have an incompatibility. And if they're they're going to fight about it for the rest of their life, what's the point? Why bother? Do you think people, uh, folks have those conversations early on? Do you think it's I think they should. <laughs> I think it would be to their benefit to do that. But uh, here's what I'll tell you. And this, in my experience, I've been doing this kind of coaching for 30 years now. Okay. And in the experience that I've had with all the people that I've worked with, I think people will find someone that's like 85 or 90% what they're looking for, what they think they're looking for. But there's a glaring deal breaker there and they will deny it. They will ignore it. They will pretend it doesn't exist or they will say, oh, we can fix it later, you know. And ultimately what I found to be true is those people who do that and ignore it, they end up getting divorced at some point. And it might be 20 years later, but they get divorced for the reason they knew before they got married. It's like shortchanging yourself in the relationship. You want to live in denial, you know, live in denial about what's real. I tell all of my clients, every single one of them, I say, look, you need to be vulnerable. You need to tell the truth. 
You need to be who you are from day one. You need to say what you mean and mean what you say all the time. If you cannot do that with this person that you are with, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to them. Do you find that people would rather, again, the word shortchange themselves and, and not have those conversations for fear of losing Like, I'd rather have this and live with the resentment of not having what I really want than be alone again. Um, Why do you think we have a divorce rate that's so high? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, really. And, and we have a, we have people watching, and Crystal was agreeing with us. She's like, relationships are not static. They're constantly evolving. Um, it's like if you pretend to be something that you're not when you meet somebody. Okay, let's just say you go on a on a date and you meet somebody and you think this person wants me to be sophisticated and really highly educated and, and, and wealthy. So you pretend to be sophisticated, highly educated and wealthy when actually you have a high school education, you work as a waitress and you, um, you know, you live on food stamps and you're pretending to be something that you're not. Well, you have to continue pretending to be who you're not if you're going to stay in that relationship. Right. I mean, you're living a lie from day one. So yeah. be who you are. And the truth is is that you will attract somebody who is your so It's not your equal, it's not your peer, it's not any of those things, but it, it could be your match, you know. You yeah. want you want to attract somebody That has the same level of, 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 they don't have to be identical values, but they have to be compatible values. They have to be the same kind of level of, of self-esteem and drive and energy and a lot of things that need to be compatible. Yeah, because there's a couple of things that you were mentioning that, uh, that you do, I guess, in, in your coaching that I do in my spiritual mentorships, which is... You were talking about like basically the foundation of who you are and what you want in a relationship. And we talk about that in, in my sessions about the root chakra. What is that? What is the foundation? What is, what is that grounding? What's going to keep you grounded for you to grow, not shift to what other people want you to be, but what you want so that you can attract like six like. Somebody that wants similar things to what you want. Somebody that wants to be on the same path. Yeah. And you know, then, I, I mean, I've had clients who've said, oh, I want to be on this self, self-improvement path and take all these awareness things. And the other person says, that's all BS and I'm not the least bit interested. Well, they're going to go like this. You know, they're going to go in opposite directions. You have to kind of want, you don't have to want the same things, but you at least want to be moving in the same direction. Exactly. All right, so for everybody watching us, we're halfway through our hour. Uh, this is particular podcast conversations, and my guest today is Susan Shepard, a um, relationship coach, and we're talking about relationships. Our topic was uh, dating over 40, uh, but we're really, this is works, I think, for any It works age. Works for any age. Uh, male, female, straight, gay, bisexual. If, you, if you're not being true to yourself, You're going to attract a lie? Can we say that? You're going to attract somebody who's not true to themselves. So moving forward. I mean, basically now, think about this, Daniel. All that's out there is a mirror. Yes. I agree I mean, with that. Really, yes. You and I agree. All that's out there is a mirror. So if you're pretending to be something that you're not, what you're going to get is somebody pretending to be something that they're not. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to bring in my relationship into this conversation now at this point. Um, when Christian and I met, there were a couple of things that we talked about right from the beginning. And it was, we we're both in our 40s when we started dating. And I was like, look, I'm already my own man. I have a job. I have my money. I have my own place. Like, I'm, I'm not looking somewhere to save me. Um, Sorry. I'm glad, that you, I'm glad your dog agrees with me. That's awesome. Uh, the magic of Zoom, folks. This is the magic of Zoom. Uh, but there was one thing that we were like, hey, we're our own person. I am already 40. Like, I, I, I'm me. Second, I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking to you to complete me. I don't need you to complete me. I'm already a complete person. And then the third thing is you don't have to make me happy. I'm already a happy person, but I want you to 
to be part of that happiness and I want to be part of yours. Now, are those legit places to stand? I mean, are those legit, um, I guess, reasonings or? Yes, absolutely. One of the things that I say to people is if you're going to be in a relationship, you want to be two functioning adults who are choosing to be together because you want to be together. So well, she's uh, talking to her, as y'all can see, folks, uh, the magic of live television. Uh, but you guys understand, we've been doing, everybody's been doing Sorry. Zoom. <laughs> That's okay. Don't apologize. I think by now everybody knows that Zoom live shows are everywhere, and sometimes things happen. So that's why those... She gets crazy. She's probably just agreeing with that. She's like, yes, relationships are for the dogs. Yes, and some, oh, somebody's right. walking by with a dog that she doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> So that talk about a negative relationship right there. She's like, no, I'm not having this in my life. Um, but so, yes, yeah, so we were talking. But, you about- know, one, one, of the, one of the things that I say all the time is, look, if you if you're gonna want a relationship, you need to have a little bit of stability in your life. You don't have to be perfect, but you need to at least have, a, you know, know who you are, have enough money to take care of your personal needs. Um, have a job that gives you some sort of fulfillment or a, or a career or a path or something that gives you fulfillment and rewards and, you know, really want to be in a relationship. If yeah. you have those things, then you've got something to start with, you know. So David, now, now we're kind of in the part of like you actually met somebody and you're connecting and you're like, oh, wow, this person is physically what I'm looking for, spiritually what I'm looking for personality, what I'm looking for. So now we have all those little hidden details in the background, which are financial situations, um, health issues, because we are, some of us are older and right. uh, there's all kinds of health problems sometimes going on. Uh, and then family relationships or exes that are laying in there. At what point in meeting somebody should we bring those things up? Well, I think what, you, what I tell my clients is this. Once once you know who you are and you know what you want and you have some clarity and you love yourself enough that there's love left over for someone else, because that's really what has to happen to people who've been hurt is they really need to heal and grow their self-esteem so that they know that they can choose who they want and not just have to settle for somebody that shows up. So once you've done those things, then when you you start to get serious, you have to discuss these things and find out. I tell my clients, look, once you find somebody that you think you would like to be with, you need to push every button you can find. You need to annoy them. You need to figure out what is the worst case scenario that's going to happen if you PO this person. Interesting. What's going to happen? I tell them, you know, because there's so much of abuse, different kinds, types of abuse that goes on. And you need to find out what's the worst case scenario. Because everyone's on their good behavior when you're first dating. Everybody's on good behavior. So now, if you're getting serious, I tell everybody, push their buttons. Do everything to annoy to annoy them. Not not to fight with them, but it's like you right. can't say something. If you found the right person, the person that really truly loves you, you're not going to say something that's going to turn them off. You'll say something that might make them angry. You'll say something that they might disagree with. But then you talk through it and you work through it and you get to a point of, of agreement or agree to disagree. But the point is... Saying one thing is never going to send somebody who loves you away. It's not. Yeah, because we we watch um, Christian, my partner, and I. We're big fans of watching relationship shows. We love everything, and we learn a lot from them. Watching like the some of those like married at first sight and blind dates, and and, and we right. like watching them because we we watch other couples relate, and we're like, hey, we never had that conversation or. Hey, remember when we had that conversation and now we just laugh about it? Uh, because most people would give you this advice of, no, don't talk about your health issues. You're going to scare them away. Or don't talk about your ex and your, you know, they, and your child or your mom. And, uh, 
all these things that you avoid because you don't want to push them away. But, and honestly, from what you're saying, and I agree with that, is... You need to find out. The crazy out in the front porch and let them see it. Right. Right. You need to be yourself. You need to be who you are. Say what you mean to me, what you say, and and be vulnerable. That's the... I think... I think vulnerability is probably the key to intimacy. Now, um, when... Do you think vulnerability is different for men and women? I think vulnerability, this is what I think vulnerability is about. It's about being real. And when you make a mistake, admitting it. And when you do something stupid, and we all do stupid things, just say, you know, I really did something stupid this time. This is what I did. And you have to, you know, own up to it, to this partner. And if that's going to end the relationship, then it wasn't very solid in the first place. Uh, one of our viewers, Crystal, is saying, you absolutely have to talk about those things that define and navigate your path in life. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I, I think we do avoid those harsh conversations because we want to live in this honeymoon state and we want to make it last as long as possible, which brings up a, a segue to what we're talking about right now, like the vulnerability and and pushing buttons. Um, I, I'm from the, well, Christian and I are both from the belief that a good debate, a good argument is, is a great way to, to put things out there. And think about this. Great arguments make for terrific makeup sex. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Got a little Mexican hotness right here going on. True. I mean, how many, I, I know that you know, sharing we, emotions, really yeah. sharing emotions is, is important. And really, you know, I, I've, I've run into some situations where people have been in relationships with true narcissists. And those are so dangerous. They're such terrible relationships because a, a real narcissist, you know, they con you. They become who you who they think you want them to be, and they become the perfect mate until they hook you, and then they turn on you. And then they keep bringing you back in by being nice and then sending you away. And it's such a destructive relationship. And, and I, I find that you really need to find out who people are before you commit to them, you know? Yeah. You, you really need to say, well, you know, what do you, what do you think about this? And have arguments and push buttons and, you know, really get down and dirty with them and say, what do you really want? Okay, so this part of the conversation, we've already gone from looking at yourself in the mirror and figuring out who you are so you can find the perfect partner for you. We've already met somebody that we're like, okay, you fit all, most of the squares. Because I I always tell people, my clients, it's you're not going to find somebody that's perfect. They're going to have to be perfect for you. And that's, you have to be okay with a couple of, like, not filling some of the boxes. So we've already identified who we are, met the partner that we believe is great for us. And we get to that point where we're vulnerable and we we learn how to argue and how to negotiate and compromise. Because I, I feel like a lot of people don't know the word compromise. They, they'll, they'll bend too much for one way or the other. But now we want to get, I want to talk a little more about the, what you just said about the narcissistics and, and the people. How... Is there a way to identify the red flags when you're in that part of the relationship? Um, I hope so. I believe there is. I think that the pushing the buttons thing is, is, is something that can bring up the red flags. I think that people need to pay attention to the red flags and not ignore them. You know, if you meet somebody, I mean, I, I had a client who who met this man and she said, oh, he's wonderful. We're engaged. We're getting married. He's just so perfect. He goes to the same church I do and he believes the same way I do. And he does this and he does that. And I went to a meeting with them, a conference with them or something. I, I can't remember, but I was with them in the car and she was so nasty to him. And I'm like looking at her and I'm going, what are you doing? She said, what do you mean? I said, you don't like him. She said, what? I said, you don't like him. You are so nasty to him. Why are you being so nasty to him? Well, I don't like that he does this. And I said, you're engaged to this man. 
and you are so nasty to him. What do you think you're doing? You need to figure out, is this somebody that you love, that you want to live with, you want to be in this kind of an atmosphere all the time? I've been with you now for eight hours, and I haven't seen you say one nice thing to him. And she went, oh, oh, well, but he's everything I want. I said, he's everything you want, except you don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) She said, oh, you have a point there. (laughs) Yeah. We forgot that. It was, it was, it was, it was a shock to her because she said, well, but he's, he's everything I said I wanted. I said, yes, but there's an incompatibility here in terms of, your temperament and the way that you relate to each other. You don't like some of the things he does. You don't like how controlling he is. You don't like this and you don't like that. And, and you're just, you're not happy with him. Why would you marry somebody like that? Right. I said, you're not choosing to be with someone that makes you feel wonderful. We have a a comment from, uh, a fellow life coach, Tommy, who has been on this show before. And Tommy, I miss you too, brother. We need to connect again. But he's saying compromise is the most important part of a successful relationship. I, I agree that compromising has to, especially when you're too, when you're old, like, again, we're directing this to people over 40, but I feel as, you, as the more established you are with yourself and identify, and you're happy with who you are. The thing about yeah. compromise is this. You can compromise if you can come to agreement on a certain level, but you cannot compromise your values. Exactly. Exactly. Do not compromise your values. If you compromise your integrity to be with somebody, you've given it up. So there's something that you you were talking about, the like. Um, I feel like some people confuse liking somebody with loving somebody. Does that make sense? Yep. What's well, your you can feedback? you can love somebody and not like them at all. <laughs> yes. No. Um, I mean, what? think about. Just, I'm gonna kill this dog. <laughs> so for everybody watching, just a little reminder: this is putting together podcast conversations, and we're back for a new season. So we are going to invite some of you guys to come back on the show, like uh, like Coach Tommy, who just commented. Uh, he'll be back on the show to make some appearances. And if you are sitting there watching this and you have something you'd like to share, get in touch with uh, with us here at Put It Together Podcast and let us know, and we'll schedule you for uh, an interview. And sit here. It's more than an interview. It's more of a chat. We're here to chat. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. Um, but we were talking right now uh, about the liking and the loving and how some people confuse that, and it, and it's not the same thing. No, I mean, think about this. Here's a terrible example, but let's use it, okay? There's an awful lot of people who don't like the way their parents treated them, but they still love them. Right. Yeah, very true. Or brothers and sisters. Yeah. Or, you know, bosses. How about bosses? (laughs) Most of it have coworkers and stuff. Yeah, because I remember my mom... Um, would tell me, like, I love you, I just don't like what you're doing right now. And that would hurt me to no end, because, I mean, yeah. I was like, you're my mother, you're supposed to love me, but you don't like me? What are you talking about? That that was so heartbreaking. It's so, so you, true, though. Think about it. And me and Christian, I have said that to him, like, I love you, I just don't like how you're acting right now. This is, this is not cool. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not breakup conversation. No, it's just, it's just I don't like what you're doing. Right I don't now. like what you're doing right now. And um, let's talk about it. I think that, uh, do you think that we fear conversations as a couple? I think most people do. I think that's why, you know, it depends on how comfortable you are with confrontation. You know, a lot of people are very uncomfortable with confrontation. And so they'll go to extremes to avoid having an uncomfortable conversation. One of the things that I tell all my clients all the time is you must, you must go outside your comfort zone. That's the only way to grow. You have to stretch. And if something is uncomfortable, you should do it. Because 
you need to stretch. You need to go outside your comfort zone in order to, in order to grow, in order to become a, a bigger, better person. I remember a, a guy that I used to work with for years ago. He, uh, I used to tell him all the time, you have to go outside your comfort zone. And he had been on vacation in uh, Manila, and they, he was this con- uh, construction guy who was kind of afraid of heights. And he went on a surfing trip, and he, his buddy says, we're going to go do the zip line. And he said, oh, okay. So they get up there on the platform, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he said, he called me when he got back. He said, you know, he said, you were with me on that trip. I said, what do you mean? He said, you were sitting on my shoulder saying, you have to go outside your comfort zone. He said, so <laughs> I went outside my comfort zone and I did the zip line. And he says, and it was so awesome and so much fun. We went back the next day and did it. So thank you for going with me. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, even with my clients, when I talk to them, I'm like, go on dates with people that you normally wouldn't go on dates with. Stretch outside your comfort zone. Yes. I'm not saying go get married. I'm just saying go on a date. Have a conversation. Learn you know, something new. Step two of my five-step process is called love yourself. And people think it's about finding a mate, but it has nothing to do with that. What I tell them is you have to go meet 40 new people that you're not attracted to. I want you to meet and have intimate conversation with them. And that intimate conversation is not about sex. It's intimate conversation is who are you? What gets you up in the morning? What is, what do you live your life for? Why? What is your why? You know, and that kind of conversation, like who are you really? And have that kind of a conversation. And I tell them you need to meet a billionaire and a homeless person. You need to meet one of every color, one of every race, one from every state in the union, one from every country in the world. Just stretch as far as you can. Meet people that are younger, older, who are blue collar, white collar, black collar, whatever. Meet all these different people as people as different. And they, and they start out and they start out going with everybody that they've always gone out with before. And I keep saying, no, no, you have to stretch. If you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, what is that? That's the definition of crazy, isn't it? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. So I tell them, go meet people. I'm not telling you to marry them. I'm telling you to experience them. Find out. And expand your perception. Because what happens if we start out open like this, we get disappointed, disappointed, disappointed. And then you're looking for somebody that fits this description that right here. And that person doesn't exist. So I tell them, go out here. Go outside your comfort zone. Go meet everybody you can possibly meet and have really interesting, intimate conversations with them. Don't date them. Just do research. Yep. Do research until you grow yourself enough that you can see that there's someone and out there besides the norm for you. I also tell them. Like Coach Charlie is agreeing with us. I also tell them if you meet somebody that go, if you've had serial bad relationships and you meet somebody that you go, oh my God, this is it. Turn around and run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Only if you've had serial bad relationships, because that's that's your other than conscious, that's your barcode attracting that person to you. That's the person that you learned as a child or as an infant or in a past life that this was who you were attracting to you. And those are the people, they're always going to be the same. They're going to be that person that you're going to have the bad relationship with. Good points. Good points. So everybody watching, um, uh, by the way, uh, like Coach Tommy was telling us, the obstacles is the way, and he's talking, the insanity, because we, 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 I think everybody who does any kind of coaching or mentoring, we all talk about that insanity, and when we, we get clients and we're like, you've been doing the same thing for X years. And getting the same results. <laughs> so are you coming to me for, uh, like, that you're doing the right thing. Like, what do you want? Um, before we continue, before we uh, we got about 15 minutes to go, but I want to remind everybody, Susan Shepard, uh, I know you have copies of your books are with you. Can you show them and tell them sure. a little bit about your two books? Sure. So this is my little mini book, the one that we were talking about, which we really didn't get too much into, but it's <laughs> Dating After 40, No More Excuses. And what's in here is 10 
things that people have told me why they can't date when they're over 40. Like, and, and we'll just run through this really quickly. It's like the only places to meet men are bars. Terrible, terrible place to meet people. All the good men are taken. Women over 40 hate sex. Women want a sugar daddy. Women expect too much. The marriage word will spur the great escape. That'll cause people to run away. Men in commitment are like oil and water. Plastic surgery is my answer. I just need to be more beautiful. Women seriously outnumber men over 40. Men are only interested in women half their age. Those are the 10 things that people tell me all the time. And they're all lies. Every single one of them is a lie. Now, the and that's what I proved in that book. So, the, I'm sorry, the interesting thing about it was that when we, in our pre-production meeting, we were talking about how this book was directed towards women. And I was talking about, well, what about gay men? But you It's can, not. It's about it's, everybody. Everybody across the board. So if you are over 40, and again, it's it's just a number, but if you are older and you're dating and, and you're just not connecting, get this book. We're going to put all the links uh, and information for you to find the book. Um, you can get it on um, Kindle and um, Amazon. Amazon, Amazon yeah. or on my website if you want it, because I have copies. And I like something that Crystal... Uh, Put on your season. I've always said dating is like a two-way interview. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Like, so this is the other book. Yes. Is it, is it backwards? No, no, it's good. Okay. It's how to get what you want from your man anytime. It is the book. I wrote this book in 2003 because my clients asked me to write it. They said, you are teaching us all this amazing stuff. Will you please write it down? So I wrote it down, and it has my five-step process, love with class in it, but it's not called that because I wrote the book in 2003 and I didn't call it love with class until 2012. <laughs> so the five steps are in there, including the go and meet 40 people of the sex that you want to relate to who are outside your comfort zone. Go meet 40 new people and really stretch. So for everybody watching, we gave you just a little nugget of what's in the books because we want you to go get the books. But we just gave you a little info. I wanted you guys to meet Susan so because she has her own practice. Now, we are going to put her links up on, on the site, but just for everybody listening, you can go to gettingwhatyouwant.com or susanshepherd.com and for more information and for her books. Um, Susan, some words of wisdom for our single friends out there. Trust your, trust your body. Your body communicates from your other than conscious mind. If you get a feeling in your body like this is good or this is bad, listen to it. I've had clients who've said, you know, I got this itching in my foot when I was with this guy and I couldn't figure out what it meant. And I said, did you finally figure it out? She says, yeah, it meant to run away. <laughs> so I did. And well, the interesting thing is that, like you and I, do similar things on our own coaching with, path, with different own, different approaches. My yeah, my, approach, my approach is, is is metaphysical as well. I mean, I do a lot of NLP and hypnosis, and um, and I absolutely believe in manifesting, and I I know that there's you know there's a spiritual world out there and, and we, we have to communicate with the spiritual world. I don't use um, astrology and astronomy and all the things that you use and, and the chakras and things like that. I believe in them. I just don't use them in my practice. Yeah. I am much more, um, um, I'm just, I'm very direct, very direct. <laughs> And I think, and I think people want that. They just don't know that they want that. Because yeah. uh, one of, part of my practice is when they come to me for for readings or cleansings or chakra alignments, they they want this session where it's like, it's all love, it's all peace. And I'm like, look, I say this with love, but this is where we, this is where I see the situation. Well, uh, if I don't tell them the truth, I, I'm cheating them. Right. I have to tell them what I see and what I feel and, and what comes to me. And if I don't do that, then, you know, they're just throwing their money away. They're wasting their money on me. 
You know, if you don't want to hear the truth, go to somebody that'll lie to you, but I yeah. won't. So for everybody watching you, this has been put it together. We still have about five more minutes to go, six more minutes to go, but I want to remind you guys, this is put it together podcast conversations. We are going to come to you every Saturday at five o'clock. So put it on your calendar. We'll have different guests, different topics. If you want to be a guest on this show, get in touch with me. Just go to put it together podcast on Facebook and drop me a message and let me know what your topic is. And we'll get in touch with you. Um, this week, uh, I guess the the godmother of this new season of Put It Together Podcast Conversation has been Susan Shepard. She is, again, the founder of Getting What You Want Incorporated. She's a life and love coach. So if you're having any issues with your life and with your or your love life, she is the person to go to. Her books, again, um, ah, How to Get What You Want from Your Man Anytime. And dating after 40, no more excuses. Um, and we both have been agreeing on the fact that step number one, the, the most important thing before you even think about bringing somebody into your space is figure out who you are. Look at yourself in the mirror and realize who you are, what your foundation is. Yes, what, love yourself. And what do you, what do you want to attract by, by you being that first? So, um, and it doesn't take away from, yes, if you want to be the Cinderella story, if you think, hey, I want to go beyond where my life started, we're not stopping you by all means. That, no. that is not an impossible. Many things in the world have happened uh, where somebody from very humble means married somebody very rich. My favorite movie to teach from is Pretty Woman. Yes. Oh, my God. I love you. That's one of my favorite movies, too. Love uh, to teach from that. There's so many lessons in there about owning your power and not settling. That's yeah. what's in there. Yeah. That, that's been one of my favorite movies of all time. And it, it, I was in my 20s when I saw that movie, and I thought, I want I want that. I want to connect with somebody at that level where, for a moment, we can oversee all of the other aspects of our lives, mm-hmm. find that balance and then grow from there. And I, I was, I'm very fortunate that I did. I, but it took a lot of work. Um, I was, uh, 42 when Christian and I met and, uh, it takes a long time. And, and, and the truth is, is that, you know, there's more than one person in the world that you can love. Yeah. Um, and, and then my other advice before we go is, um, Kiss a lot of frogs. There's going to be a lot of frogs on the way. I think we, we ex- some people that come to me expect that are like, I haven't dated in 10 years because I'm waiting for the right person. I'm like, how do you know if you haven't been out there dating anybody? You probably miss them. Yeah. Um, so put yourself out there. Put yourself out there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put this at the, as kind of the last question. How long did it take you to be where you are now and, and, and feel happy with yourself well I've been pretty happy with myself for the past 25 years 30 years I did a lot of work before that um, while I was married I wasn't unhappy all the time we had uh, really we have three beautiful daughters and and uh, you know my my former husband he died a long time ago he died in 1999 and I have not remarried anybody because I truly do think that he was the love of my life and I haven't found anybody that I would rather be married to. Um, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people in my life. I'm very satisfied with my life and I, you know, I don't think I have to be married in order to help people get what they want. Um, my last kind of question are, are some people just meant to be single? If they want to. Okay. There's a lot of people who don't want, who want their freedom, who want to be independent. And, you know, that freedom and independence are their highest values. And they don't want to have to answer to somebody else. Yeah. And, and the truth is, if you are in a committed relationship, you must Take that person into consideration in everything you do. Doesn't mean you have to stop doing things, but you have to consider them in everything you do. 
and we have like two minutes, but uh, I've always been curious when people tell me my ex was the worst thing ever. I can't believe I was in it. I, I got nothing out of that. That's a lie. Sorry, that's a lie. <laughs> right. I, we're, I feel like we're meant to learn from every You have to learn from your mistakes. Right. If you don't learn right. from your mistakes. I mean, the truth is mistakes are a part of growth. If you don't make mistakes, you know, you haven't taken enough risks. And I, I think that line is the perfect line to almost end the show. For everybody watching, this has been Putting Together Podcast Conversations. Thank you for joining us. This is the first in the new series. If, again, if you want to be a guest, send me a message. Uh, Susan Shepard, thank you so much for being the first guest of the new oh, season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. We've, been, we've had a great discussion. And, and it didn't go where we thought we were going to go, but we did fine. <laughs> And this is the way that I love the show that we never, we start at one point, we never know where it's going to go. So for everybody. I like that. uh, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. For everyone watching, my name is Daniel G. Garza, the host of Pretty Daily Podcast Conversations. Uh, for Little Mexican Productions, I want to thank you for watching us and we'll see you next week, five o'clock. See you later. Bye bye. Bye, Daniel. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. Subscribe to Put It Together on iTunes, Stitcher, and at abnormalentertainment.com slash put it together. Find Put It Together on Facebook and tweet Daniel at Lil Mexican, L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N. And for more podcasts, comics, books, movies, and more, head to abnormalentertainment.com. You've been listening to the Abnormal Entertainment Network.